Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. Hey creators, what's up? It's John once again. I am back after a brief respite and this is the Sketch Magazine podcast. I am pleased to be here as always with Bill Nichols and Bob Hickey and tonight we are discussing creativity. How you doing guys? Hey doing John, great. doing alright. Welcome back bud. Thank you, thank you very much. Sorry I missed out, but I heard the show, and you guys did a fantastic job without yeah, me. Yeah, Bill actually spoke up. I know, it was <laughs> wacky. He yeah, spoke you... up, he sounded enthused, it was like, alright, who replaced Bill with this alien? <laughs> oh, shut up, you've, you've heard me, if I get going on comics, then I go, so... Yeah, but not recorded, you put... know? Oh, well, okay. That's right, there's actual recorded proof that... There you, go. you are enthusiastic and emotional. Now you'll never be able to hide again. Oh, yes, so, I will. <laughs> oh, yes, you will. Today's subject, what are we discussing? It is creativity. About being creative, what it takes to be creative, to stay creative. How to fuel that within yourself and um, kind of present that to other people, I think, is the best and way we'll to go. fit all that within an hour? Absolutely. <laughs> so quit dawdling and get started. Well, John Machida, the whole thing, and talk really fast. Oh, That's yes. right. So. It'll be like one of those sped-up YouTube videos. <laughs> those are scary. Right. I know. Creativity. Where does it come from? What gets you going? Bill, I know you've talked about walking around the yard when you needed to come up with a new property. Yeah, yeah the thing I think with me and, and other people that I've talked to is that you have ideas, and sometimes there is a flood of ideas. Sometimes the ideas don't come at all and, and you know it's a it's a drought the thing about the yard for me the walking around the yard was that by sort of involving myself in this routine that other things sort of fell away with each say lap around the yard so like I said about six or seven something would click or I would have some sort of uh, breakthrough because all the other things the static was not there it, it stopped being in the, the middle of uh, me and my ideas or whatever. So sometimes music does that. And sometimes just going to the movies or doing something different, they're, you know, just an experience, a different experience uh, sort of opens that floodgate. And, you know, it's different for, you know, a lot of people. Some people need quiet. And I've said before that I don't necessarily like quiet because, you know, when it's quiet, Outside, it's not quite inside my head, so you know I need to I need to be distracted in that way. So, but creativity, it's there, and I'll, you know I know people who say they're not creative in any way, but really if you start looking at it, everybody's creative creative in yes. some way, even if it's being creative in their their uh, dullness. <laughs> you know I you know you know you know people who say well I'm, I'm I have a creative bone in my body, and yet they do. Uh, 
this, even if they're accountants or something. They're not that they have creative bookkeeping because <laughs> that's illegal. <laughs> but you know, they have some sort of uh, talent or passion, and that comes out in different right. ways. So, what about you, John? What do you do? Well, you know, I get I get inspired in weird places. Um, I get inspired from, uh, like I had a really inspirational weekend uh-huh. hanging out with, uh, hanging out with the, uh, ringtail cafe guys and Chuck. You're right. There's only one guy um, in that group, right? Well, <laughs> I know I'm decent. the ladies there and one go. guy of ringtail cafe and, uh, yes. Chuck Moore. Um, because you know, we'd done the con and all that stuff. And then the next day, we just sort of hung out and talked. And, uh, you know, we were just all sitting around the kitchen. Or actually, it ended up where most people were sitting in the hallway or, like, on the floor. You know, and we just had the most inspiring and profound conversation. And that really, you know, got my my brain going creatively. Like the whole drive home, just you know, creative ideas were just popping out of my head left right. and right. Um, so that was really good. Or I'll get like, I get a lot of ideas when I'm driving and can't do anything yeah. about them. You know, I can't write them down or anything like that. Or I'll get a lot of ideas in the you shower. You do know that your iPhone has a mic system in it, right? I have started yeah. using that because I can't get the paper when I'm driving. I will talk an idea just so I have it somewhere to later get back to it. Right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not a bad idea because, you know, doing the notes thing on the iPhone is a little yeah, dangerous while you're, yeah. when you're driving. But, <laughs> but um, no, it's like the creativity, creativity for me comes uh, when I least expect it, which kind of, I guess, begins the question, can you force creativity? I mean, you know, as we all know, deadlines are the devil that all creators have to live with. So, uh, what do right. you do when that when you come up against that? Well, I, for me, well, first for me, when I need to be creative. Well, let's talk about just, your creativity. I'm sort of like yeah. you. I'm gonna be driving, music blaring, you know, so many sensory things going on, and then something hits me, and I'm like, oh, 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 oh. I grab my phone, flip on the mic, and start just talking. Save it. Boom. Um, I'm working on this new property. I could probably anybody who listens to podcasts know. And uh, I had a problem with the property is so, is sort of based on some pre-created characters. And um, I'm taking these this, these legends and, and doing my own thing with them. And But there's one character in the legends that I really, truly disliked. I disliked the character and the whole situation that was originally created with it. So I had problems with it. And I was talking to the artist about it, and he asked me why I sort of wrote him out of what we're doing. I told him that night, I don't know, I guess I must have been thinking about our conversation or something. I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I had written a whole prequel to our series. And it's a whole, the whole situation that leaves all the way up to where I want to launch the comic. So I guess now, and I've been making notes, I'm going to write a prequel novel, say like like a dime store novel, one of these Harlequin romance, like you know, 150 pages or something like that, leading up to the comic. And in that, I wrote 
this character that I truly did not like, I love him now. I gave him, mm. I, I gave him the reason he did what he did and the situation that he created. I gave it all reason to it. I guess before there was never reason to that. So I was able to work it out in my head. I guess sort of twilight. Or whatever. I, I woke up at it was like quarter to five. My wife woke up at five thirty and asked me, "How long have you been awake?" I said, "I don't know, an hour or so." And uh, she says, "What's wrong?" I said, "Nothing." And she knows at that point I'm just my head's just going a million miles an hour. So you know I've been making notes and stuff. So yeah, I mean I told the artist the next day about it, and he's like, "I want to draw it." And I'm like, "Nope, <laughs> we need to launch it from what we already have written." And I said, "You can draw, you know, maybe some plates or something for the for the novel if we end up writing a novel for that." So um, some really weird places. As far as me, it's never been hard for me to force creativity because I focus my creativity on so many different projects, and I know you guys tell me I'm spread out too thin but I think anytime I'm excited to sit down with that group of characters again and said okay now what are they telling me because to me these characters I throw them into a situation and they write themselves I know their personalities their mannerisms and they're like oh you know if, if I threw her into a pit of vipers how, how are they going to get out this character would get out this way and this character would do this and they, they teamwork because they spent so much time and then it's just it snowballs and it really does write itself. Um, I know in the past, and some storylines we have lingering with the Blood and Roses, we threw in the rogue time agents. And that got me all excited again, because Bill had built this huge thing in Blood and Roses with all these time agents and, and, and all these relationships and stuff. And then I, <laughs> I went in and blew up the satellite and everything on Bill. But then... <laughs> Thank you for welcome. that. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> You're welcome. All your work gone but away. Then I'm like, oh, what happened to all these time agents that were out on missions? Some of them are still working towards the betterment of finding time shards. Some of them's rogue. Some of them decided to live within where they got left and try to do better for them. Some of them are bad. You know, so it's sort of like the characters are drawn. So here again, it's writing itself. And I think I've twisted Bill's arm and coming over and picking up the storyline and running with it. No, nah, you didn't twist. You just asked me. I mean, for like I said before, for you to trust somebody else to run with that, like you did with the first Blood and Roses thing mm-hmm. I wrote, you know, that's kind of an honor, really, for me to do that. So, because I know how you, you know, it's they're your babies. You know, they're, they're you know, that's one of your pet projects, and it always has been. So, you know, like I said, for you to trust me to do that, well, I'm you know, looking forward to know. creative. Yeah, I enjoy working. I enjoy working with you. I enjoy working with the artist. And, you know, it's just... So, there again, we were talking about creativity. This new project, it's just... It's spilling out quicker I could ever write it. So, I'm just trying to make some notes. Um, the new online strip. Well, as Bill knows, I had a huge bump this week. Because I had pre-written some strips. They were funny when I read, wrote them. And this is my first time trying to write strip humor strip, you know, wham, bam, boom, and leave at least a chuckle at the end of it, or something. Mm-hmm. I did a strip, I colored it, wasn't real happy with, with it, but I thought, alright, wrote it, put it online, as soon as it went online, I was like, oh my gosh, it's horrible. Showed it to Bill, and then I yanked it off, I couldn't stand it, I yanked the strip back off, I was not happy with that strip. 
one of the figures need to be retweaked, which I, the Jackie and I worked on today, and then the strip itself needs to be rewritten. So, you know, here here's a property that um, here's a new strip. I thought I'd just crank out. They all, you know, a bunch of people we knew do it online, knock it out. I'm rethinking that I need to bring Bill or somebody on as an editor and let me write the strips, let somebody else read it, see if the punchline's still there. Because even though something happens in real life and it's funny as heck, it may not be as funny once you draw it because the moment's gone. You know what I mean? You know, the, yeah. the strip here was, was, and this happened, Katie got on Clay, says, Clay, you need to take the recycling out. And Luke and I are sitting in there and we heard from the other room, I'm letting it grow. And it was funny the way he delivered it, you know? I'm like, oh, man, I got to write that down. So I wrote it down. Well, now that's drawn, and I wrote it, I scripted it just as it was done. It's not funny. So, But Bill came up with some ideas how to take that concept and make it funny. So sometimes creative juices are there. Um but on this project myself, I'm going to bring in an editor from now on to sort of look at and over, overwrite it. And I think I'll get into the groove of knowing the punchline. Mm-hmm. But just right now, uh, you know, I think we need some help. But yeah, it, it's a different discipline, oh, yeah. you know, if, compared to a, a, a whole comic. So you got three panels or, or four, depending. And, you know, you're trying to, to you know, one gag it or one off it in one strip or sometimes uh, with some strips there's a continuing theme sort of thing right. but um, no it's you'll, you'll get there I yeah. told you would you just have to switch gears and that's what it is you've got to switch gears well it really is more difficult than some people think I mean I did right. I did 14 strips of uh, monkeys make the worst friends but I wrote myself into a corner no. that's why I killed the strip mostly was I wrote myself completely into a corner and then I realized it was becoming less of something I wanted to do and something that I had right. to do or I felt obligated to do. And I just thought, well, you know, better better to kill it than to have it go completely downhill. Right, right. Yeah, a project has to be something you want to sit down. And I think I've said this in the past. You've got to do something you want to sit down and be able to do every day. And, and that's right. sort of, I'm excited to be back in the creative mode, being have the creative time again to do this. And I'm really trying to package myself properties that I could jump on and I can write the clay's waste strips for a couple of days. I can sit down yeah. and work on the Blood and Roses stuff with Bill. We got Yuko coming in in October, so I get over there and get to play in the NASCAR area and the... And uh, you know, nice. race danger. We're gonna move some of that old superhero stuff. Not be superheroes like they outgrown it and that strip. So that's gonna be cool. Then we got this new uh-huh. property. I can't wait till I can call it by name, not new property. Um, that I think is gonna blow everything out of the water for me. So right, it's fun. But and I myself, I like playing with different areas. You know, and and the fun thing about this is I I'm setting up different types of properties you know we still have a trip for me that if i had to sit down with bill and write a bnr story we could sit down and do one in an hour that's how well i know that character that world and everything clay's way is fun i get handed a lot of those strips here with clay 
Um, right. But then the, the uh, new property, it's like, oh, all these new characters starting to build, starting to flush, starting to come around. So it, it's it's fun. It's hard not to get distracted on one thing, though. That's why I'm trying to. Yeah. And, and this is something, you know, do you allot creative time? Do you say, all right, from 8 to 10, I'm going to sit down and be creative? I think sure. you have to. And I mean, well, look at just look at your life. Oh yeah. You know, you've got you've got Blue Line, you've got Sketch, you've got you've got Skystorm, just the business portions right. of those. You know, then you've got trying to get Clay's way going, trying to get the the unnamed project going, trying to get you know all the other. Get some- all the other books going or re-going, as the case may be, you know, when do you do stuff for yourself? So I think you have to allot yourself some time or it will never, you'll never do that's it. One, you'll talk about it, but you'll well, never do it. That's one thing I'm running into is how do you balance, <laughs> how do you balance the time for business along with the time with creativity? You know, I can sit down and say, okay, I'm going to work on Clay's way from eight to 10 today. And that's what I had originally planned today. Of course, life sort of got in the way at the end of it, but that's all right. right. I find myself being a, a writer and an artist is I'm better off if I am sitting here either inking a piece or coloring a piece, thinking about the characters, thinking about stuff, and then off to the side, I'm making notes. So I'm sort of multitasking. I'm writing ideas for gags and ideas for strips and situations. Or marketing ideas right now, or merchandising ideas right now, um, that we might need off to the side as I'm doing this other work. Um, right. And we want to sit down the new, the unnamed property. I, I wrote the first issue. Actually, I wrote the first issue years ago. I rewrote it recently. And I'm going to sit down and write two through four. Here, um, it will be after Detroit Fanfare. So after. End of October, I got November and December to the first of the year. I got those two months to write three and four. When I um, So I'm going to have to put some serious time aside to write those three issues. So it would be interesting if the flow really continues to roll. Like, can I just write two, three, and four and leave it where I want it to set up for the next series? You know, right. if it sells well enough. So that's because we want to really kick the property up the first of the year. And Eddie says he can do a monthly schedule, so we're really, I'm looking to just hand him those three and say, here you go, go for it. But even with that, I'm thinking of marketing ideas as I'm writing or I'm looking at a piece of artwork or working on a logo. I'm thinking of ideas along with it, story ideas for characters and merchandising ideas. I I would never know what it's like to just be a creator because it's not in me. If all I had to do was produce the artwork or just write the strip, and somebody else totally worried about everything else, I, I don't know. Part of the fun for me is also being involved in the merchandising, being involved in the promotions, being involved. But part of the pain in the butt stuff is those. The easy part, easier part for, is creating. Building all that other stuff, as Bill and I discussed last week, is very hard to do. Well, I think that's what is unique to you because most people don't, you know, most people tend to just focus on that one thing, but you, as you say, can't just focus on that right. one thing. You work best when you're doing four things. Yeah, there's a reason I'm doing a strip that's about ADHD, ADD, and dyslexia, huh? <laughs> 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 well, 
My kids get it, honestly. What can I say? So, uh-huh. yeah, multitasking is something I definitely enjoy, but it's probably will is one of my downfalls that I, I need to. Um, Bill says, hand some things off, let some other people be involved. So, that's what I'm really going to try to work on, because I do look mm-hmm. forward to doing the creative stuff full time. I agree, but you know I've known you <laughs> for a lot of years now. I believe that when I see right. it, I'll give it a shot anyway. Creativity. What what are some steps that you guys take? Like if you're gonna you're gonna create a property, okay? Just out of the boot. Well, Bill, you got to ask by Gary to create something. Mm-hmm. He right. gave you some some guidelines, or not? No, all he wanted was a because we've talked about you know things before doing things, and uh, he knows that I write, so he wanted a. A two to three page or three to four page, whatever it was, uh, fight with zombies. Okay, so he gave you some, and that's that's it, right? That's that was what he asked for. Um, he teaches at Ringling. I don't know if it was for a class at Simon or if he just wanted to do it, but or if he just ha- had the itch to to draw that because you know he can yeah. draw anything. But uh, like I said, once once I started the um, you know that walk and fit Ursula in there and through us Gary I mean like I said you saw what came back what I would get in the you know as email attachments with all these sketches oh, yeah. and you know the costume design things and we'd go back and forth with things and you know so it was sort of a give and take and he would come back with you know maybe not just one but two or three four you know illos and stuff that just fired me up even more cool. so in that situation it was um it definitely helped having somebody to play off of and sometimes i'm like you i i have so many things going that if i'm inking i'm not really just inking i'm doing other stuff but when uh back to school starts i go to the you know walmart or wherever and get notebooks and i load up with binders and stuff because you know eventually i'm right. going to need them so hopefully i fill them but you know i've got i've got stuff in case just you know i'm prepared and that's what I, you know. I tell I, I've counseled other people to to do that mm-hmm. to to have that stuff, <clears throat> not to just be uh, creatively um, prepared, but also in other ways. Because what happened, like you like you were saying before with the i the uh, the iPhone and stuff. Um, my brother gave me a a tape recorder because he knows sometimes I have to drive for length, of, and he knows. That I'm thinking want to do because uh, what else I got to uh, drive? So things just come out of nowhere. So he, my brother was, you know, really good about helping me prepare with that. So I wrote, you know, in out loud. I wrote, I sampled out dialogue for the Ursula thing and and you know a couple other things that they would hit me. So I, you know, I have to transcribe those notes and listen to them and probably cringe at this point because like eh, this is gonna work but it's it's it was cool to have that outlet too so i mean i having been mm-hmm. in theater and written plays you know I'm, I'm not bad with the dialogue so sounding it out i recommend it just like if you write something read it out loud to see if it you know how well it is how i mean how well it reads and how well it sounds and i always if you can tape record yourself and listen to it back, then you sort of get a sense of, um, you know, really how it sounds. And then you can try to write that. And 
if you write a message to somebody these days, a lot of times you have emoticons, you know, with the smiley faces. And but as a writer, you deal with uh, bold and italic, you know, in your comic word balloons. So trying to convey what you have to say on a comic book page, because you know it may read really well in your head, but once you put it down on page, uh, you know, on on the page, then it may just be, eh, because it, it, what the emphasis may be placed wrong, and someone else may read it a different way, and that always happens. Right. So, for well, for example, you know, one of the things that I do is proofread Maya, the webcomic for uh, Chris Noeth. And he's from Germany, and he writes really well. But what I do is I take it into uh, – I, I look at it and turn it into more conversational mm -hmm. English. His English is really, is great. It's just contractions and that sort of thing. That For me, that's fun. He lets me – he calls me an editor, but really it's just just being involved in something like that because uh, I, I, I follow the strip, and I get to see it. For, more, for most anybody, uh, when he does a new page, that's cool, and that sparks my creativity because it's just cool. And cool things bring that out. And you know, if I if if it's a cool movie or if it's a cool show, if I watch Fringe, it's like ooh, <laughs> I love that. And you know, I've been absorbed in Fringe for an hour, and that's sort of like the walk. It, it you know. It, being involved in something like that, it takes all those other things that don't really matter that get in the way and allows you to focus on one thing. And then all of a sudden, some of these ideas jump back into where they, you know, into the line, into the queue in your head where they need to be. There, see, I just That's ran good. for you. I like the fringe. I've never watched it. Is it any good? <clears throat> it's it awesome. Bill, you or John, you watch it? Yeah. I haven't ever seen it, sadly. I know about it, but I've My never My brother seen Mike it. was telling me about the whole alternate universe and all this mm -hmm. stuff, so I guess I'm going to have to pick up the series and watch it now. Well, I came into it halfway through the, the first season, but uh, for I guess for some people it's an acquired taste, but once you... Uh, I like it. Like Me it. lucky. I like clever. I, I respect clever. I do, too. Things that I, I don't like you know. when something's handed to me, and... and Ten minutes into it, you can go, okay, this is going to happen. I'm bored, waiting for it to happen. So, yeah, to me, I mean, my brother, he watched Lost. And to me, Lost was stupid clever. They just changed things to change things, to mess with you. Right. I like, I've yeah, never seen Lost. I, did, I watched a couple. Well, I, mean, it, it. It can't, I, I missed out the first few seasons, and by then it's, eh, okay. It's you were lost. Things, so. That's, that's, that's. That's what happened to it. If you missed those first two seasons, you, you didn't know what the heck was going on. You lost that whole connection with those characters. So, so we sort of talk about being creative. Okay, let's talk a little bit about when, when you're building a character. I, 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 for some reason, talking about Fringe and Lost, and, and brought up some, a subject. I was working with um, Chris Dreyer, and Chris was doing his book um, Unit Prime. And he gave me the proposal for it at a show several years ago because now he's on his second graphic novel. And uh, I read it, and it's about an alien race, and this, this big machine comes in, and basically it wipes out worlds. And I was like, I think the problem with, the, with this is there's nobody in this story that I can be 
connected with. There was no, you know, it's hard to connect with aliens. People look different and stuff. Right. So he wrote, wrote, wrote it and put like a humanoid, a human child into it. Well, all of a sudden, that's exactly who you got connected with. And I'm happy to say he showed it to some other big publishers, and they said the same thing. So that was pretty close. So I think when you're being creative, when you're creating stuff, you've got to be careful. you got to be connected and make sure you're setting up situations and you're creating characters that, that yeah, you're writing this for yourself, but you also wanting to share the story. You've got to create situations and characters that people want to care about. It's like we were talking about mm-hmm. Lost, and after a couple of seasons, Lost sort of wrote themselves out of getting anybody new. Unless you want to sit through two or three DVD sets to get caught up and get connected with those characters. Because I tried to jump on a couple of times, and I didn't know these characters. I didn't care why this and why these goofy flashbacks was there and all this, you know, or where this this thing was found or whatever. It's like, no, I'm too right. late. And I didn't care enough to want to go get serious. Now, Fringe, it, has, it seems like it has that sci-fi, film, mystery, keep me on the edge. So I'm really interested in getting those series and, and giving it a shot because it looks like to me they're being real creative with the writing. And I guess yeah. that's, you know, that's sort of what we're talking about. Be real creative with the way you present your storyline your characters and be creative with the way you put your character in the situations you put them in. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think a lot of people, um, have this, uh, notion that maybe, well, I won't say a lot of people, but I have seen people who think that, you know, some people just don't get it that, you know, maybe they're the smartest person in the room or whatever. And, um, you know, that doesn't really work right. no. for comics. You know, you have to... I'm not saying you have to dumb down your story or you have to, you know, uh, just do what is currently palpable or anything like that. But you do need to realize that you are writing this for other people. You are writing this for a a visual medium that a variety of people will look at. So you really have to, uh, you know, there, there's a fine line between being clever and being quicksy or being, you know, tricky just for the point of being tricky, you know? So that's really something people need to need to keep in mind when they start creating their characters or the situations those characters get in. Because, you know, certainly we all uh, we all embrace the suspension of disbelief. But even within the suspension of disbelief, there is a fine line. You know, you, you can believe in Superman and all that, but you have to remain true to the premise of humanity and those characters and things like right. that. Well, you bring up Superman and, and the storyline. It's sort of funny. My, when I was I owned a store, um, one of my biggest complaints was when a writer would come on like Superman. And um, Brian Azarella did this. driving me crazy. Here he got handed Jim Lee as an artist. And he took Superman 
and, and almost made him a secondary character, spent more focus on creating all these other characters we didn't know, hardly even touched on the Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, Perry White. Here, he has the hottest artist in the industry. He could be creating iconic storylines, adding to the mythos of Superman. And instead, he mm -hmm. does this off-the-wall, Phantom Zone, New Zod thing. You know? And then even in the story, I had this really cool thing with talking to this preacher who was dying of cancer and, and his faith in God. And he even took that and twisted the preacher into some war machine thing. I'm like, why? This guy got an opportunity to write mythos, legends in the comic industry. And I don't know if he choked. Um, and maybe he, maybe he went to DC and says, yeah, I'll do it, but I'm going to do this. That was crazy. It was crazy for him. It was crazy for DC to allow it. You had Jim Lee drawing it. This should have been the, the biggest... Superman story ever told. I mean, when Jeff Loeb's had Batman and Jim Lee, that was the best Batman story we got handed in years, and still is. Where they, you know, they created Hush and all that storyline. Right. It's like, wow, this is beautiful. I guess what I'm reaching at is, when you get handed a project, look at the characters, whether it's preconceived project or shown project, because we haven't really we've talked about being self creators basically working on our own project but if you get handed your own mm -hmm. and, and now you can you can take these characters and you can do that and go off on well you know i don't know these characters but I, i'm going to add all these and i'm going to focus on these mm -hmm. or you can take this core group and add to them build them up expand upon the stories throw them in situations you know these characters everybody knows lois lane and who she is and how she would react everybody knows jimmy everybody knows perry Throw them into situations and then let them write themselves out of it or through it. Um, that, to me, at least that's how I write. I like setting up situations and then, okay, how are they going to get through this? How, how are they going to get out of this? Because I got to get them back to this point because I got to do another story, you know? When opportunities arise, be as creative as you can, but don't back away from from adding to the mythos and histories of pre pre pre-built characters that makes sense mm -hmm. well there's a there, in some situations and some uh i guess guest spots and all that you know writers or whoever creators come in with their own uh their own slanted view of maybe uh not so even so much that character but the way they write or the way they approach a story and how that grows because I haven't, I haven't read that story. I'm behind, way behind on my comics. But the Jim Lee, the Hush thing, yeah, that that's the things I've seen since then still reverberate with that. You know, that still comes up. And I don't know. Sometimes it, it's easy to believe in your own cleverness. Uh, I, I was thinking earlier when we were talking that years ago that this guy wanted me to you know, ink his book and he's sort of pitching it to me. And he said, and then I quote, and he named all these classics and the Bible wow. and some other things. And, but I read the, you know, the, the first few pages that he had done and I was like, okay, where's that other stuff? I mean, where's the, I don't see anything about the, you know, the Bible or, 
uh, Tale of Two Cities or whatever it was. You know, it was classic literature and, you know, it might as well have been Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Repair, you know. <laughs> but it's enthusiasm, but you have to channel that enthusiasm for your property or for your creative uh, outlets or whatever. You have to channel all those things and balance things. Um, are you trying to be clever for clever's sake? Because sometimes that falls short, which is sort of what we said at different times, and um, get other people's input, just like with you know when we looked at Clay's way the other night. Um, just getting another person, you know, another person's perspective because I can see where what you're doing and I can see where you're going. And I'm, my thing was trying to help you get there. Uh, just like with Chris and and Maya, you know, I, out of just the proofreading, I've we've talked about some things and making some things clear. And he's doing a new pitch, and I'm helping him a little bit on that too. Uh, that he's trusting my opinion and not dismissing it. He's asking for it. And that allows that creativity in me or that, you know, those, those energies to be channeled in a very positive way. Because if, if, if I can help somebody else, especially, I don't have to get credit for that. Like with Chris, I mean, I, I told him time and again, any deal that he makes or any, you know, if he reprints this as a graphic novel, I don't have to be mentioned in it. I, it, it I'm just glad to be part of it and help him realize his dream. And because it is, it, one, it's cool. Two, it's uh, fun. Three, it's it is creative because I'm involved in that process. So uh, that's just one project. And, and if you're doing your own project, you have to go through those same set of um, whether it's priorities or you know what you want to achieve, how you want to achieve it. If you're working for somebody else. It, the, those priorities change because you can't automatically a lot of times if it's especially if it's a licensed character you can't do with a well in some situations maybe you can but then it becomes an elsewhere sto else world story mm -hmm. or you know what if right. or something uh, you can't go too far outside the yard in that um, and I don't know have it believable right. in a way uh because then it does, it goes outside the mythos. So it, cre it, it creates something else, a different set of circumstances. And, you know, if you don't do it right, sometimes that um, people look at you in a different way. Like, uh, you tried, right. but you didn't well, do it. And, that's and, sort of you know, what happened with this. Super, and Brian Azrael is a heck of a writer. He wrote a book called Pride. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't read that, I need to get you a copy of it, Bill. Um, it's about this pack of lion. It's I think it's in Baghdad during the war, and they're mm -hmm. trying to survive. And, and it's written towards the lion's view, but you know that's really through people's view. Um, it just blows you away, man. Have you ever read it, John? Pride? No, oh. I don't think I've read and, uh, that. Here again, something one. totally his, and it just knocks me on the butt. It's a wonderful story. So you know, I don't want. to rag on him he can't write superman i'll bet you he can write superman given the situation but on the flip side of it that story i didn't bother to buy the trade i have no collections of it i probably don't even own all the comic issues now on the uh batman one with jim lee and jeff Loeb's, I own every collection they've ever published from the large oversized one to the two hard covers to all the soft covers i mean it's just it's a story i want to make sure i have available to read again 
have to be careful on the creativity end that you're reaching the audience that you're either being paid to do or the audience that you're trying to create. You know what I mean? Um, the blood and roses thing. You know, you and I are on the same wavelength as far as the time travels. We've spoken about the the rogue um, time agents and, and the current story that mm -hmm. we're getting ready to wrap up was sort of cool because we have this set of characters over here with Darkness Chronicles. And you wrote the first story in the backup of StormQuest for them. Well, I was able right. in Blood and Roses to take one of those main characters and we come to find out in the story that we're working in that he is a rogue time agent. And that he's been there for a long time. So the whole time thing is played out. So that's sort of cool. It's making that connection throughout this universe. I'm careful not to step on. And, you know, Blood and Roses will move right on. And, and the Darkness Chronicles stories can continue too. But um, it's sort of cool was, was when that connection came about. And it really, the story was there. I wanted to write the story. And introduce the Darkness Chronicles and Blood Roses are great because we can just move them through time. And I'm never one to move them through big events, you know, JFK getting shot or stuff. That's just, nah, that's all been done. It's more like create our own big events. And so I knew I'm going to do Darkness mm -hmm. Chronicles. And then it's like, as I'm writing this, I'm like, whoa, what if Haggard is a, is, was a time agent who was out, was out on a mission when everything blew up that story just started rolling there and then you know yeah and then you and I've talked about other agents that were out there some of them may be falling right behind the girls or in front of the girls getting time shards for their own reasons you know for their own power building for whatever they can do or to sell them or to use them or whatever um, so yeah I can see I it's just amazing how creativity one little thing can all of a sudden spin off this whole set of ideas and you can just start running with that set of ideas and start adding it to the the core well when you gave me the years ago when we did you know started doing savage family uh you gave me that pinup and at some point i gave you back a pinup from one of the artists and there was a new character in there but he's actually an old character and he's like right this. it is in the continuity so uh and if with the uh, Savage Family miniseries that I'm writing now, History in the Making, yeah, there's some other people that it sort of brings it full circle for some of them, and you know, sort of launches, really, or relaunches, I guess, in that continuity where they are. So uh, it just one thing opens, you know, sparks another, and that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and an amazing so. thing, guys, creativity. You brought up Savage Family, and I was just thinking mm -hmm. how. Maybe we could use a B&R to sort of tie them into this whole same universe. And then it just clicked on me. Wow, what if we did this story? This is the first time I just thought of this. Is, is if, if Savage Family is this group of kids and an adult who got trapped back in the past. Around prehistoric time, correct? Mm -hmm. What if B&R shows up, there's a little venture, something happens, and they can only take one back to their proper time. How do they choose? What is the feelings and the situations of all those characters? Who gets picked? Does any of them go? See, that's right. how creative works. I just that just hit me when you started bringing. We talking about B and R. We're talking about Savage Family, and you know we're already working on this Darkness Chronicles and B and R story. All of a sudden, it's like, wow, what if this happened? 
I mean, this has happened here. Uh, and I think that would be a cool story, Bill. You know? Just just think if we ever did the Hell oh War. Oh, my gosh. That would be crazy. Yes. Remember, remember I tied Hell Girl into yeah, Sam's family. So, yeah. So you're like, oh. Now we'll get it off on the ground one of these so. days. If not, we got to start writing a lot of novels. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm yeah, all for that. So am I. We so. have more abilities to distribute them. So, John, you've been way too quiet. Have you been on another podcast while you've been on ours? <laughs> no, not at all. It's just I know it's freaked, freaked out that I'm talking. I know, I know. Yeah, I know. there is that, and I know when you all start talking about uh, B and R and Savage Family and stuff, just to sit back and enjoy. Yeah, well, you're going to be editing some of this, so uh, listen I'm up. Aware, but uh, yeah, it's fun. It, it, this is all really fun. I'm excited. I'm excited that we get to these podcasts. We get to share. I'm excited to be creative again. And writing again, um, so yeah, it, it's it's fun to be creative, and uh, it, it drives my family wild. My wife, uh, she's one of these that she could be really creative if she gave herself time. She's really a, a knitter. She loves to read. Um, unfortunately, with raising the two boys and work, she doesn't get a lot of downtime. When she does, poor girl, she sits down to read, and boom, she falls asleep. But um, I come up with ideas and spitting stuff out constantly. And, and, and then we got Clay. Oh, my gosh. That kid is so creative. Wow. He'll be bouncing. Up. He's gotten this habit in the past couple of years to bounce a ball. You hear him bouncing a ball down the hallway or in his room. And you hear him making sound effects. And he's bouncing a ball. I'll walk in a room. I go, what world are you on? And he just looks at me and smiles real big and goes off and does his little I have no clue where he's at, you know, who he's fighting, what enemies are he's taking on, or what, you know, damsels in distress he's saving. But it, it, creativity is fun, being, you know, and seeing it in in, in other people is very fun. Uh, I know with Ringtail, we spend as much t- time sharing ideas and and uh, story concepts, and you know, Darren will constantly, hey, have I told you this one? And, We'll start spilling out. That those kids have as many concepts as I do, just spewing out of them. I hope they get an opportunity to get a lot of them out, because um, they got some really great ideas. But I think once you get something going, you you just gotta things just roll for you, you know. And it's amazing how other properties or other characters you create will help you roll with other ideas maybe something totally different um this this new property of mine i have discussed it and it was a totally different entity five years ago but it, it, there's a series of books i want to write and i've been playing with and this i sort of pulled a little bit of the concepts from that over into this series because i'm not sure when i'm going to get to writing writing novels so i want to but i want to play with some ideas some, some of that's being pulled over into this. I think I said this in a past podcast, is that some of your ideas you get from, it was like situational. With this story, the editor came back and says, you know what, they don't have wild bears in England. I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't research. I figured there's wild bears everywhere. Well, they've hunted them all out in England. 
So um, he says we have to use a boar or something. I said, no, we can't use a boar. It's got to be a bear. So I came I came back instantly with, well, is there wildlife preserves out there, reserves trying to reestablish bears? And he researched it and said, yes, there actually is. From that, it just started snowballing this whole academy and the land that they were on and this, this oh, tons of story ideas came out of I couldn't have bears originally in my story. So because of one situation, a lot of times it will roll you off into many other situations that may be a lot better than your original concept. So the trick is just to deprive you of things, say you can't do this, and yeah. boom. I'll come up with 10 okay. more. No, I don't need 10 more. Let me get the ones I'm trying to get done. Done. Okay, so you can't, you can't have race cars no. and race danger. Go. We'll do it underwater. There yeah. you go. Be submarine. Yeah. Does anybody now. remember Marine Boy? Wow. No, I don't think okay. so. Okay, maybe I made this. I, I, sure you I know I didn't that make up. it up. But I have not been able to find anything from this. There was a, a, a cartoon. I'm guessing it was like an anime. And it was called Marine Boy. At least that's what it was adapted over it called. He chewed aqua gum. He chewed gum that <laughs> allowed him to breathe underwater. And, of course, okay. he had his, oh, man, when I was a kid, that was hot. That was like, wow, I want to be a marine biologist. I want to be a marine biologist all the way up until... I was in school, and I figured out how much more school I would have to do after high school. And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm not doing that much more school. But, yeah, that, that was cool. i got to research that. Somebody out there has – if anybody listening to this, if you know Marine Boy or remember the Aqua Gum, please drop me an email or drop me something on the boards. I would love to find out more about that. Google, Google it. it. That's it. Yeah, it's – it's on Wikipedia. It is? Oh, yeah. Right. It's one of the first color anime cartoons to be dubbed in uh, the U.S. and later in Australia. So you guys Kingdom. thought it was yeah. crazy. I'll be darned. Yeah. There's even YouTube videos. Is there really? Huh? Yeah. Well, the, the, the whole gist <laughs> is that, though. It, it created, to me, <laughs> a huge love for underwater. And even though I've never dove, I've never had tanks on my back and dove. I, I want to someday. I've never had the opportunity to do it. Yeah, I see that on Wikipedia. Awesome. All right, I'm going to have to dig this up. Um, I'm sure it's like Race Danger when you see it, or Race Danger. I'm sure it's like Speed Racer. Later on when you see it, you go, where'd that monkey come from? Wow. You, know, you don't yeah. remember the monkey. <laughs> chim chim. So where'd he come from? Um, but yeah, it, it, it inspired me to do a lot of underwater stuff as a kid. It's, it's writing and creating cartoons and stuff because I got inspiration from that. All right, so I think we've really, really put creativity to the task. Anything else you guys think we can add to it? No, I mean we. I mean, really, you have to be creative in your. Um, Said everybody is creative in some way, and it's really about channeling what you do or uh, being able to uh, get done what you want to get done. You know, if it's a, a certain thing that inspires you, like for me, like I said, it was either the walk or doing, a, you know, going to the movie sometimes. Sometimes, especially if I was in a you know, writer's block or just something, I just, you know, that energy that you, you get from going to a movie. Um, 
you know, looking at the, your process or um, how you do things, then that, you know, just being creative and and what that entails for you, and then put it to use, and then you know, do stuff. You know, if if it's writing or or you know, drawing Marine Boy, <laughs> and or some kid chewing aqua gum or a tree climbing boy, he chews um, tree sap <laughs> or something. You know, he climbs like a monkey. Wait a minute, copyright. <laughs> And uh, 2010, and uh, but if if you do those creative things, um, do what it takes to get your stuff out there and to to get it down, to get it down, and maybe you don't do anything with it right, you know, today, but don't stop yourself from being creative or think that you aren't, or sell yourself short, um, because like I said, everyone is creative in some way, and I respect clever. I've read some things that other people go, you know what? It's it's a silly little idea, but I see clever in some things. And I, to me, like Calvin and Hobbes or, or some of the comics like Funky Winker Bean or any comic strip, tying that up in in that limited space, that's clever. And it doesn't matter if it's Beetle Bailey or Mary Worth or any of those. You know, you've got to do that day after day after day, and that's clever. And uh, I don't know. I, just, just be creative and and do it. Like Nike, <laughs> just do, do it. it. <laughs> cool. So, um, anything to add, John? I think Bill pretty much covered it. Talky um, tonight. I know. Wow. What's up with that? Um, honestly, you know, if you're an artist, draw every day. If you're a writer, try to write something every day. Uh, if you're a colorist, get out your crowns, you know, yeah, whatever. Um, just do something, you know, even if it isn't necessarily for publication, even if it's just for fun, you know, whatever. Just keep your, you know, you got, you have to cultivate creativity the same way you cultivate anything else that you want to grow. You know, it's it's something you have to keep at and nurture and give it time to really become something you can't expect to be fantastic right off the bat. And if you are fantastic, you can't expect to always be fantastic. There will be times that you know, stuff isn't going to happen yeah. for you. And you just have to remember that and not see that as a complete failing of your entire career but just a momentary setback and do what you can to reignite the passion that got you into this in the first place. Right. Yeah. You have to be, you have to be careful that fun doesn't become work. Yes. Uh, you know, just be fun. Just settle for being fun. You know, the work will come, but work doesn't have to be a chore. We'll say substitute that chore. Yeah. You know, I love to read, but if I have to read for school, like back in college, that was a chore. Yeah. Didn't matter if it was something I really liked. It, you know, if I had to read a graphic novel, it probably would have been a chore too. You know, just the whole mindset's different. Right. So change your yes. mindset. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you, uh, I mean, of course, this is a business and, you know, we all want to make money. Hey, at I've it, been but, trying to stay uh, away from that on this one. Yeah. No, I agree. But, um, you know, it's a business and we all want to make money. But my theory has always been if you 
do something you really love. And if you throw your passion into it and you throw all your efforts into it, money will pop up. Money, money will eventually come your way if you dedicate yourself enough to your passions. Right. Uh, now, you know, it's not always easy to keep that resolve, especially when the bill collectors are calling. But, you know, it's always a if you believe enough in your work and what you're doing, eventually you'll succeed in some cases, despite right. yourself. Well, I think play upon that is you can't just sit back either. Um, you've got to look at other people who are doing something like you're doing and mm-hmm. mentor from them, whether they connect directly with you or you look from the outside in or from the outside into what they're doing. I know with this strip, I've never done a strip, never done an online strip before. New material that's going to hit twice a week. So... Right. I look to like the PVP online, Scott Kurtz. I looked at Penny Arcade, even though my strip has nothing to do with gaming. I want to look at, especially these two strips, because they are very successful. The download numbers are huge for these two strips. Right. They're very different in the way they're handled because what I found out is that PVP online hits five days a week now. Full car, mm-hmm. boom. Five days a week. He doesn't hit his blog very, very often. Um, just about once a week, maybe. Um, I'm not sure if we've run a community. Nowhere that I can see on his site. Where Penny Arcade, they only hit three days a week. On the other two days, they do a uh, what they call a news update, a text blog. So five days a week, they have new content. Um they got a huge marketing in. And I think next week, just talking about marketing and merchandising. Okay? Mm-hmm. Just get that going. Because, yeah, I think, okay. and being low in march, merchandising, some stuff that you can really do and not cost you a lot. But um, I sort of looked at both of these strips because I knew there's no way I could offer five days a week right now. Not with everything I want to do. And the artist that's helping me out on it, she's got tons of commitments too. So really, we spend one day, not even one day, we spend maybe four hours one day working on the strip as far as penciling and producing the strips. And then I go and clean it all up, ink it all up, color it, do it. So I looked at these two strips and tried to come up with a format. I used them as a sort of mentor off of them and, and try to come up with a format that, that would work. That I think, okay, I can do this and this and possibly build that readership. But, but so you can't just sit back and blindly say it's going to happen. You've got to constantly trying to teach yourself. Always tell the boys, you learn something every day. And even at my age, I'm still learning new stuff every single day. I'm constantly out there looking, trying to find it, whether it fits within my creative end, whether it fits into my business end, whether it fits into the marketing end. I learn something every day, and I try to I try to look at what other people are doing. This past weekend, John and I was at the uh, Cincinnati Comic Expo, mm-hmm. and we'll share this little story real quick. I had some of the older stuff I published out. Really, nobody was looking at it, and I didn't expect them to. I was sitting there working on Clay'sway. Out of the blue, I just tossed the whole portfolio of Clay'sway stuff on top of everything else. I mean, this was the worst way to display something. I didn't have anything hanging. Just this 11 by 17 portfolio 
dumped down on top of all this stuff. Not dumped down, but laid on top of it. I'm sitting there drawing, which is always a good eye catcher at a show, by the way. People love to see people draw. Um, next thing I know, people were stopping left and right. They were asking me questions about these characters. They're cute. What's this about? I had nothing prepared to promote Clay's way. I hadn't really expected to. No business cards, no postcards, nothing. I ended up writing it on the back of old business cards, the website and stuff for people so they could, you know, I told them be a couple weeks before it really hits. They're going to come back and check it out. So I found out this week in cute sales. So I went to some friends wanting to learn something who does cute and said, you guys got to teach me how to do cute. Teach me how to sell cute, how to merchandise cute, how, how to get it out there. Because what it showed me is I can reach not only the audience that's at a comic show, but I can reach all the audience that's walking through that normally wouldn't look at comic books. The girlfriends, the wives, the daughters that's getting dragged through. The, those stopped also. They, that's not only who stopped. There was guys stopping and asking about it. So I found out a lot that weekend. Now I'm going to go out and learn how to do my quote-unquote cute and this isn't, you know, my favorite pony type cute. This is more like your Bart Simpson type cute, you know. But it's like, all right, now I've got to learn this so I can do this property justice. So there it is. I've got to put some creative juices in, in that to create the imagery and, and the products that I need for that, for that property. So a little story from this past weekend. It was a fun weekend, by the way. It had tons of people. It was crowded the whole time. Uh, Cincinnati Comic Expo uh, will be back next year. I think they're moving locations, um, but it, it's it's a good good show. Bill, we missed you. Sorry you couldn't make it. You got to come next year. Okay. All right, All I'll right. be there. Such commitment. That's okay. my plan. I'm go down and get him and drive him up. Get. I was about yes. to say. We need a big burlap sack because he's kind of tall. I have a. Um, lid on the back of my truck now that locks on the outside. We just oh, throw nice. back there with the cooler and some snacks. Don't make it three hours. Yep. Put a couple of holes yeah, in there. Yeah, we don't need to do that. Don't give him too much air. He'll realize <laughs> where he's going. That's true. He'll MacGyver his way out of it if we make it too yes, easy he will. As long as I have a stick of gum and some duct tape. <laughs> That's right. And a popsicle and a stick. Uh -huh. Watch out. He'll make That's a right. bomb. John, what you got going on over at uh, ComicRelated.com for us at Sketch? ComicRelated.com. Well, uh, first off, I have to give some props to Mr. Brant Fowler because he stepped in and say bye uh -oh. behind. Uh, as you mentioned, we were at the Cincinnati Comic Con, and as such, I didn't quite get to all the Sketch.net uh -huh. posts. However, my buddy Brant slipped in there, even put my name on him. So um, I could have just let it go and let it look like I was really on the ball, but he deserves his props. So thank you, Brant, for coming in and saving me uh, when I was otherwise engaged. So that said, here we go. Uh, the uh, first story in reverse order is about self-publishing. Um, actually, the the two days are from the Toronto Comics Art Festival. Uh, this first one is about self-publishing. Three independent publishers 
are interviewed and they talk about their work and why they chose to uh, self-publish or why, in fact, they prefer self-publishing because one had published with a larger company and found the process distasteful. So there is that, and then the one after that or before that, depending on which way you like time to flow, uh, is about webcomics, surprisingly enough. You mentioned Clay's Way. Um, I mentioned my old webcomic, of course. There are uh, two webcomics that play did regularly. You, did you watch this video here? Uh, is I there, did. Is that Ramon really Perez? Good. It oh, is Ramon Perez. If anybody who doesn't Ramon. know Ramon Perez's uh, artwork, he does a book called Kookaburry. It's one of the several that he does. Is, it, is that right? Yeah. You might say it right. Yes, Kookaburry. Oh, and uh, it's featured very prominently in this particular video. Uh, there's also a uh, woman, a young woman that I met at... Oh, darn, where did I meet her? must have been at Heroes, who does a uh, kind of an autobiographical webcomic called Dar. Uh, very nice lady, uh, very interesting story. So uh, it is quite adult. Um, so, uh, you know, you must be of a certain age to read it, but I can definitely recommend it because it's, uh, it's a really good story as well. And then... Um, Umberto Ramos uh, sketching from way back in 2008 at Comic-Con. Um, this would be a Grant-created post, so to be honest, I'm not sure what It looks sketching. like Sentinels. Looks to me like Doctor Doom and uh -huh. Sentinels at some point, so there is that. And then um, superstar artist Marco DeGiorgio. <laughs> Yeah, I completely tore that name up. But he is a um, concept artist and cover artist for Marvel. Uh, he's done some of their really good gatefold covers for the X-Men, Avengers, Spider-Man. I think I, I, think I so, have this huge um, vinyl printout of a, I got a, a uh, Avengers cover that he did. It's all like sepias and browns and stuff. Guy's just yeah, awesome. He's an yeah, he's extremely, extremely talented. And uh, so definitely check that out. It's it's sadly not a very long video, but, uh, you know, well worth the five minutes it'll take you to watch it. So check that out. And then um, another artist with another difficult name, <laughs> an Italian artist named Marco Stantucci. No, that one as hard as I thought. Uh, who... Um, Worked on Secret Invasion, Spider-Man, uh, Captain America, the Young Allies. Uh, here he is sketching Spider-Man at the Milano Comic-Con for this year. So I guess that would be Milan, yes. Italy. Um, then um, this is a video that I actually came across. Uh, I use uh, the grid method with my art students fairly often. Um, and actually in my little writing here, I take some of these tutorial creators to task, but <laughs> for, uh, having a lot of music overlay and not enough speaking, but, uh, this guy mixes both. He uses the, uh, grid method and then kind of overlays music, uh, when he is drawing. So I let him, I let him go on that one because it's a cool method for, uh, for people who, 
are still working on their ability to sight draw. Right. Uh, you know, the gridding method allows you to break up a picture into much smaller areas and boxes and use that to transfer a picture that you are trying to create. So, um, you know, a little teaching tool, yeah. if nothing else. And then um, I once again dipped into that old faithful, the comic book greats, uh, Sergio Aragonis got into it with Mark Wade yes. recently. Yeah, Mark Wade in his, uh, for those people that don't know, Mark Wade in his keynote address at a recent awards show, uh, not so much praise, but um, fell on the favor of those people who do the digital downloads of illegally. comics. Belie illegally. Believing that it would be... Uh, in much the way that it happened with the music industry, ultimately it became something that I don't know if helped is the right word, but uh, maybe pushed regular uh, the regular distributors who put the music out uh, legitimately on digital forms more quickly. And it, uh, it would appear Sergio and he came, nearly came to blows. I don't know if they actually came to blows, but... I heard nearly came to blows, and um, I've always I've always really respected Sergio Aragonis because he has kind of done what I would have considered impossible. He took something that was completely his own with Gru the Wanderer, something that was pretty much outside what Marvel, the company he went to, does. There's really nothing else like grew at Marvel definitely not at the right. time and um, I don't think even still no. and he took something that was essentially uh, creator owned property but got it into a mainstream company um, and I believe you know pretty much kept the rights and everything to yes. it so that's nearly impossible or at least used to be nearly impossible to do it's always good, you know, we all really appreciate the artists who are uber detailed and, you know, who use a million lines in their drawings and, you know, the Jim Lees, the uh, J. Scott Campbells, the Michael Turners, you know, people like that who are just fantastically detailed. Well, uh, Sergio kind of goes the other direction and uses as few lines as possible to get his point across. And he usually does it with uh, some incredible skill. I mean, you you can immediately look at what he's sketching out and know what it's supposed to be, know what's going on. So, so I just thought, you know, I would revisit that. So there's uh, there's what like six videos of that. So that's a chunk of someone's time, but I think it's ultimately worth it. And I believe that brings yes. us to a close yep. there. And Bill, you've got an announcement to make over off on the boards, correct? Yes, the new Sketch Magazine art contest is uh, when Get Him to the Greek on DVD. The, the movie starring Russell Brand and Jonah Hill. Uh, over on the comic-related board under the Sketch Magazine forum, under Contest, Blue Line Pro Art Contest, it's right there. And uh, it's the subject is... 
uh, draw your uh, favorite rock star in concert. And uh, the deadline is October 25th this year. Uh, the winner or winners, we have uh, we'll have a few co uh, copies of that. Uh, we'll uh, win a copy of the DVD, which is rated R, so that it, this is the only contest so far that we've had that is, there's a rate, age restriction. You have to be at least 18 right. years old because, you know, if you're not 18 years old, you can't win that DVD because we can't get it to you. And uh, the winners are, um, those winners will be published in Sketch Magazine. And it's open to everyone, including industry pros. And like I said on here, yes, I've been asked before because, you know, pros like to just do stuff too. And that harkens back to what I said, I think, last week. When you do a contest or one of these challenges, uh, don't just turn in something. You know, bring your talent to the – because people look at this stuff. So, you know, come Take on. Take that as a on. challenge. Uh, don't go, oh, great. You know, somebody's going to step in here and sweep this right. up. No, this is your chance to kick the pro's butt. Let's put it that way. This is yeah. your chance to show up. It's like taking a pro sports, you know, basketball player out on the court one-on-one -on -one and be able to beat them. So here's your court. Put your best stuff out there. There's going to be some pros that steps in. Bill and I both know plenty out there. This is your chance to beat them. To show them you've got the stuff. So uh, take advantage of it. It's going to be fun. Can't wait. Um, Comics Mentor. You been talking a little bit over there? A little bit, you know. Let's talk over there. But uh, like last week, I showed uh, copies of pages from my old inking portfolio. So um, I think I finished. I still have others, but I'm not gonna just keep running those day after day. I, I'll have to save some for other days. And some of the things that I've been working on, which we talk about here, and that's not even a complete list which is actually kind of exciting and scary. And just basically things of encouragement. What do you do to, um, you know, to get yourself motivated? Do you give up on your dreams with one post? Uh, of course, the answer is no. You know, that's just the title, but the answer is no, you don't. You know, I mean, be realistic, but, you know, dream. Don't be afraid to dream, and don't be afraid to live, you know, the most full life that you can within all that. So... I, I gotta stop because right. I'll, I'll go on for another. Go to comicmentor.com, <laughs> find out more. Correct. Right. Okay. Um, let's see, I've got an announcement that within nine podcasts, guys, we've had over two thousand downloads. Mm -hmm. Within posting nine on Monday, by Monday night, we had broken over two thousand downloads. So I, I'm impressed. I'm blown away, and um, I really appreciate everyone who's listened to this. Everyone who gives us encouragement, especially everyone who sends us concepts and ideas to talk about so that we can, you know, like, like Bill and I told, it's like dirty jobs out here. Send us what you want to hear so we can keep these going. You know, feed us more questions and ideas, and we'll be happy to talk about our experiences and bring in other people. Um, we're still working on the interview podcast, but it's just like right now, day jobs running into it. We will get it together. Um, I'm touring the next couple months to the, well to the end of October, and then I'll I'll probably won't do anything till spring. So I think a lot will happen within that time stretch. Um, should be able to get the, the uh, interview podcast cranking like this one. But uh, but yeah, 2,000 downloads. Thank you. Um, I was blown away when I checked mm -hmm. the numbers and 
that popped up. So, see, uh, Blue Line still cranking out stuff. I'm working on Sketch Magazine. Please be patient. The, this magazine in print is cursed. That's all I can say. But I'm, we're working very hard on it. I'm working. It's day in day out. I'm working on it. I should not be this hard. So I'm also trying to fix that. So um, I need to update SketchMagazine.net with the, with um, a few items. Um, I did uh, update it a little bit with some new buttons and stuff, um, some links. So uh, that's it. Where can I find you, John? Well, as always, you can find me at John at SketchMagazine.net and John at ComicRelated.com. And please send your emails. Not only let us know what you want to hear, uh, but let us know what you want to see on Sketch Magazine on Comic Related. And, um, you know, challenge us. We love to hear that we're doing a great job. Uh, but we also like to be challenged. We also like you to take us to task if you think we've said something you don't necessarily agree with. So, uh, you know, utilize that email. Yes. Bill? Well, you can find me at comicsmentor.com. Uh, you can also find me on the comic-related forum. Uh, I definitely do stuff on the uh, Sketch Magazine part of it, but um, I'm there. If you need to email me, it's comicsmentor at gmail.com. Yeah, if, if you have a pressing question or if you you need us to talk about something, if it's something that you need in your comics creating life, I mean, that's yep. what we're here for. You know, both in the magazine and, and online, in print, digitally, electronically, emaily, whatever. Uh, let e us know. Emaily. Hey, copyright. Bill Nichols, 2010. It's my word. <laughs> and you yes. can have it. <laughs> you can reach. You can find me over at bluelinepro.com. Um, also at sketchmagazine.net. Um, you can email me at bobhbluelinepro.com, or you can send all three of us a, a, an email at podcast at sketchmagazine.net. That goes to all three of us. We all three get the email. We discuss it and we bring it up before the podcast. Um, so really, that's it, guys. Nice talking to you. But I think I'm yes. going to go off and do something creative. i got some inking to do here. Me too. And uh, put the young one to bed and uh, whip out the dip pens and the brushes and see what happens. What you guys? Sounds like All a right. plan. All right. See ya. Bye. Take care, everyone.